Hello, I'm Caroline Carey. I'm a soul worker and soul doula. I have a deep understanding of the soul's journey from cradle to grave, and I've traveled between the veils of the spirit realms. I've studied the path it evokes, and I've come to understand why the majority of today's problems are rooted in the loss of spirituality. So my work, which is Middle Earth Medicine Ways, empowers people to find what is lost and to reclaim their own circle of strength by embodying their soul. And I do this by holding a space for healing and soul retrieval with shamanic skills, trance and conscious dance. I love creative writing and poetry. Please join me in listening to these wonderful teachers and soul workers, the facilitators and the guides of spiritual and shamanic work. They all have something very important to share and are a great gift to our communities. I've learned a lot from listening to them. I invite you to also. I've always been interested in the stories of children being adult children. In other words, um, having to be too grown up before they're ready, taking on roles that were not theirs to take on, or sometimes um, it being forced upon them. And when that happens, children often become rescuers and fixers for others. They take on too much responsibility um, and they fail to have the childhood that they may should have had, possibly, that those children miss out on a sense of innocence. They're always very serious. They have to be giving all the time. They have to um, look after others, um, make sure that everybody else is okay. And this hypervigilance comes in. And that's a difficult pattern to break in our adult lives. And so that innocence is lost. And so where do we go from there? What happens? How do we reclaim a sense of innocence? How do we become curious about something else? Or does it just perpetuate um, and we never really reclaim a sense of our own identity? Some of those roles that we take on can give us resources and enable us to have bright futures. Sometimes they can be very damaging and we have to inquire into what serves us and what doesn't serve us. So in this podcast, I spoke with Liz Calvert, who has an interesting story around that. Um, she shared with me about her journey, and not just with being an adult child, but also finding the Akashic Records, which I have to say I'd heard of, but never really explored. So I'm curious about that. I'm curious about her spiritual path and where it began and took her too. So um, yeah, welcoming Liz into this uh, next podcast. Hello, Liz Calvert. Thank you so much for being here on my podcast. How are you? I'm really well. Thank you, Caroline, for inviting me. That's really nice. Thank you. Great. So I can see on your little sign there on our Zoom pictures that you're a business coach but you didn't start off being a business coach did you what well, how did how did it all begin where was your spiritual or your um your connection to being a coach to helping other people where did that start do you think I think you know it started as young as 
um, in my childhood, just helping everyone in the family and being available and supporting. A bit of a born rescuer, really. So I've had to evolve the rescue chip. And um, my family would say, you know, that I've never evolved it. I've just been a supporter. But um, I was born in the middle child in a big family. And the next daughter that came along was handicapped. So my mum had a mentally handicapped. And I wanted to be the best big sister I could be because my big sister was rubbish to me, <laughs> mainly. And when she was handicapped, it was really challenging because I was really thinking I could help her or fix her or do something. So that kind of sort of helped me but wounded me, you know what I mean, because you can't really do anything to help a handicapped child other than make them comfortable and make everybody comfortable. But that sort of, then I took that into school and I became school captain because there's all this black power in the 70s in the East End of London. So I was always bringing peace. I was always making people laugh and getting them playing in the playground. I was always looking for kids that didn't play in the playground and pull them in with ropes or orange squash. Or I was always the big peacekeeper. And if anyone attacked me, I'd say, my dad's a policeman and he'll get you. He's <laughs> extremely successful. So I could protect myself in the East End. I thought I was I was absolutely fearless when I look back. I would go into any fight and break it up. So I was oh. the peacekeeper. And then I wanted to get away from London, really, when I was 18, 19. I grew up quite quickly, really. I mean, I went on to contraception, I think, when I was about 14 or 15. Because I just wanted a boyfriend. I wanted love. I wanted adventure. I went, you know, I really thought I got it all sussed. You know, uh-huh. but actually, going to university was a whole nother. And then I just really rescued. I mean, university was full of forlorn people that needed to rescue. Um, but I wanted to be a teacher or trainer. I didn't want to be at school because I thought the teachers are victims at school. So I wanted to be something more advanced. Right. Not advanced, um. but not in a system like school where you're told what to do. I hate being told what to do. I hate being told what to do. Right. Had to be free. Had to be free. Yeah. But a trainer. So I went to work for Marks and Spencers when I left school. Wow. Left university and did all the tool training. Loved all that. Worked with the girls, made them laugh. <laughs> Just loved work to Marks and Spencers. And then I realized they're pretty racist and pretty sexist and pretty, I don't know, it's hard really. The women weren't allowed to run stores. You had to be a man to run a store. Mm. So I left. And yeah. then did various other careers and just went on adventures, really. Got new careers, did really well. I didn't get what I wanted. I left and went somewhere else. Uh, I'm better than you, kind of. <laughs> Until <laughs> so I ended up being invited to Africa. And I thought, right, I'm going to go to Africa and see what Africa's got to. But by the time I got to Africa, I was about 35. And I really wanted to make a difference by then. I was like, mm. corporate getting a job in a car and a hamster wheel. I'd done that, got the T-shirt, you know what I mean? Africa was a real adventure. These are really (laughs) poor and they really Uh, need help. You know, they have uh, no money, no water. Oh, my God, the situations I saw in Africa were just like very shocking. And then I met this um, very, very charismatic black man who I fell in love with and married. And he took me up to the Bushmen and we worked in the Kalahari with the First Peoples. 
I was just, he was saying, how do we define a Bushman? If you've married a Bushman, does that make you a Bushman? And if you're, you know, it's the whole thing of legacy and heritage and they set up a community property association. But I could see the West structures were coming in with this African structure and Africa's big thinking and tribal and the West is all linear and logical and it's just a nightmare. Right. I mean, even the school system in Africa, all these people are big right brain. They don't want to be sitting there at a desk all day doing that. You know, the whole... Yeah, yeah, well, so, yeah, that's, that's that's very common in a lot of places, isn't it, that uh, <laughs> right brain kids do not fit into those kind of curriculums and systems. But I'm I'm really interested in this journey you've had from the very beginning. Let's backtrack a little bit. Because you in in a sense you were an adult child, weren't you? You you started off as a very young age caretaking, like looking yeah. after, rescuing, like wanting to be the one that was helping. And you were kind of molded into that, it sounds like, because I can remember being a mom and my one of my sons sort of taking over, looking after, because he had three little sisters and starting to take over, looking after and having to go, now, you know, you, it's not your job. You don't have to do that. That's my job. And he really wanted that that role of looking after particularly one of my daughters. So as parents, we have to watch that, that the children yeah. don't. But it sounds like you were very useful in that situation. And, and maybe... Oh, I cooked, I cleaned, I washed. Right. I everything that needed doing, I was there like a bear. And before, that's too soon, hey. That's too soon for a child. How old were you then? Oh, I was making tea on a Saturday morning, the age of four or five, trays of tea wow. coming up. Wow. Um, I think by six, it was all pretty much there. Yeah. Um, by six, I was cooking, washing, cleaning generally just working in the house, yeah. just doing everything that needs. You've got six brothers and sisters, there's a lot. lot of, you had hamsters and gerbils and buttery cars and cats and God knows what. Big responsibility. Um, so that's, a lot that, is, that is really fascinating. So there's there's a you're, you're gathering a lot of resource there for your future self and learning a lot about holding space for others. But there's also a wound there, isn't there? Oh yeah! Did you miss out on your childhood? Um, did I miss out on my childhood? Yeah, I do. Um, my mom said I'm very serious. You know, okay. play didn't for me. Play was making loads of dough and making loads of buns or making desserts or um. And I did do some art competitions and won them. I didn't take art any further. Right. And I did get on buses and go off on adventures and with, we used to get a Red Rover ticket. So I was kind of into adventure. There wasn't really yeah. any adventure at home. Home right. was... It doesn't sound like it, no. Chores. chores. As soon as I could get out to school, I loved learning. So right. I don't know, I took it all very seriously. Like, I'm here... Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's all very serious, whereas the rest of my family were always taking the mickey out of me and calling me four eyes or fatty arbuckle or something. And they yes. were much more lighter and fun, and they still are, but I'm still the, you know, who's paying this and who's doing that? You know, I'm still the serious one. I think I've got a bit 
bit of a serious chip, really. You know, life's a serious business, and you're going to be serious about it. Um, right. And I have had lots of adventures. Um, yes, but sounds yeah, like I it. don't. I think I missed out on the the play for. I just wanted to get to school and learn as quickly as possible. As, right. You know, and I said to my mum, "So boring being at home with her. I couldn't wait. There was no nursery school." And I said, when I grow up, I'm going to build nursery schools for every child because every oh. child needs a nursery oh. school. I was dying because yeah. all my brothers and sisters were at school and I was at home alone with my mum. Boring. I was bored out of my brain. Oh, oh So I just so. threw myself into doing. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Doing, mm. I don't know if I was missed my childhood. I think I was a bit set. Well, you're laughing about it now and, and, you know, you're very, just being with you. I mean, I, I can feel myself smiling such a lot as you're talking. And I think there's a lot of fun and joy within you and uh, that that it certainly brings that out in me. I feel quite excited sharing with you. And we've got a lot in common. I mean, going to Africa, going to, to be with the Bushman. I mean, I did that, you know, that was part of my journey. So we have got a lot that we're connecting with, hey. Um, so what happened then? Like when you left your corporate job, what 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 were you left with? What did you do? Well, I think, you know, trying to be self-employed or do it on your own, yeah. finding your own identity was a bit of a challenge, particularly in Africa, because I really wanted to help black people. But they wanted black people to help black people. And I yeah. couldn't. I was white. And I was so colonial, you know, and I thought, I can't take the colonialism out of me. So just by appearing in a class, you could wound people because they're already yeah, uh, yeah. wounded. So it was a pretty fraught. So I ended up building a very large connections with lots of white women like myself who yeah. wanted to help, who wanted yeah. to. So I did astrology and I did numerology and I learned about all the spiritual. Cape Town is full full of artists and spiritually attuned people yeah, yeah. and there were meetings and this and that and I just wanted to set up a healing center I thought right set up my healing center and I am going to put all these healers together and we're going to evolve with each other and we could create this community so that was my idea but that didn't work because they couldn't commit each they were all afraid to pay for rent but I did try and I'm still in touch with all those healers today. And they just became my friends. So I ended up having a huge social. Uh, I did do career advising. I did work in the university. I did do bits and pieces. But frankly, my husband earned really big money. So I was supported. Right. So it enabled me to, I did trauma releasing in prisons with black children. I did camps where I took 150 16-year-olds into the bush on the weekends. And I ran this whole, I forgot about this, I ran this whole directorship. So I became the director of a youth leadership um, charity for about four or five years, six years. And I'd take 150 kids into the mountains for a weekend. <laughs> oh, my God. And Zulus, how they can sing just at night when they're burning the bry. Mm. And you're just crying because they just do all, they come out of the womb with this, ability just to sing and I was like oh my god these people are just amazing 
And they just so appreciated these kids, just so. And as long as none of them died or broke a leg or got pregnant, I didn't really care what happened. So it's just me and 150 16 year olds. Just you on your own. Just me on my own. I had 10 veterans. So we had some 18 year olds would come and they would help with the food and the packing and the thing. And I I was called Mama Liz. So that was my mother thing. I just became the mother for the weekend. And we had such adventures. It was brilliant. And I'd take them three Mm. camps a year. And we'd do career work and we'd do the CV and teach them about society. But the real purpose behind it is to take rich white kids and poor black kids and put them together. That was the purpose. Okay. How did that work out? Well, we had a lot of stolen phones and a lot of white kids that ripped off by a lot of poor black kids. So we'd have to sit down in a circle until that phone was found. Because you knew the phone was there, you know. And then we just had to sit until it was found, you know, and then they'd have to do that lesson of being sorry and stealing from their friend. And, you know, it was really profound, actually, for them and for me. You know, you did you did have some profound moments where once the white kids got their privilege, they were really touched and moved and inspired by these black kids who literally washed their teeth on a Standpipe every morning and went to school with no sanitary towels and no books and no money and no resources. The right. contrast was extreme, you know. Of but those friendships are still intact now. So those people, oh. they're now in their thirties. So that experience was yeah. remarkable for them. So I love yeah. doing it. But that that charity went out of flavour when AIDS came in. So then we couldn't get any funding. Okay. So you can't sneak confronted in Africa running out of money. Money is like a, a resource that you're always running out of in Africa. But I did love being Mama Liz for a couple of years and I did really well fundraising for them. That sounds but in like the really, end, really profound work. Yeah. But in the end, it wasn't seen as a white, the HR manager would pay for it so that his kids could go on the camp, really. That's how it worked. But I still think it was a great idea. The material came from America. It's called being responsible. You know, if it's to be, it's up to me. We'd have all these songs and singing, and that's just brilliant, really. It's oh. brilliant for the African kids. For the white kids, they were a bit confronted, <laughs> but it did them good. Do you know what I mean? It did, did them good. good. And well, the, that's that's the most important thing, isn't it? That they would learn something and about their brothers and sisters, and and really come together in that way. So yeah, well, well done, you. Gosh. That's quite a feat. So what then? So so you know, you 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 do because the way I've met you is that you you have you do oracle readings and um, and we met on TikTok. Hey, well we knew each other before that, but but you, we we sort of recently met on TikTok because I've just stepped into that arena and gone okay, I'm going to bite the bullet. And then I met Liz, and I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm meeting really wonderful people. I thought it was all be girls with like, you know, trying out new lipsticks and things like that. And I was just like, no, I'm not in that category at all. But there, I'm finding all these lovely grandmothers on there who are sharing their wisdom going, wow, this is extraordinary. I would never have, have expected that. So we've met there and I've seen you doing Oracle readings. And you also talk about the Akashic records. So how did all this come about because there's a big turnaround there yeah I think um very sadly my husband died and my life came to a very sudden end 
just been married about 10 years. So my whole life just sort of changed overnight completely. And then I was struggling in Africa on my own because Africa is a place where fundamentally your family holds you and they are rock solid. There's no social services there. There's no real support. The family, whether they love you or hate you, support you. So if you have a drunk brother, everyone pays in for him. That's how it is. So they have roles and they're very, very supportive. Now, I was a white woman alone with no husband, no family there. And I really struggled with no family because it's really a family set up. So I came back to England. I was 53. It's 10 years ago now. And I just was depressed, to be honest. I just went into this, oh, I don't want to be here. I want to have no adventure here. This is boring and dull. Couldn't get a job and just tried to be a saleswoman again or anything but any boring job. Couldn't bear the thought of a boring job. And then I ended up finally applying for care work. And that gave me a lot of time to think and listen to books and reflect and start to pick myself up and say, well, hang on, you know, you're 50, you've got a whole future ahead of you. You can't keep looking back what you had. You've got to look forward to what you got or you've got to be here be here now I had this massive row with this really close friend I hate conflict I'm a people pleaser and a rescuer I'll do anything to avoid conflict and and then lockdown started and I was a carer so I had work I just flung myself into the study of Akashic Records because I knew I had all these patterns that I wanted to fix that I needed to look at me to fix me because I just wanted to fix everybody else but what I had to go into my wounds Oh, my God. And when I got into the Akashic Records, I saw how many layers are in the soul and I saw how many galaxies there are. And I started to be much more big-brained and, like, working all out. I'm like, poor Liz, you're really in trouble with your old construct of what you wanted because you're only in charge of about 2%. The 98% out there is, like, the wind and the weather. And I was like, okay, I've got to get a boat and start riding the waves and start being on the waves. So I started giving readings to my friends and they said, oh, my God, that's amazing. You picked up on patterns. And I just feel lighter. I just feel like everyone said it was like putting a backpack down after they did the reading with me. And I thought, okay, I can really do this. And I cleared houses. I love space clearing. I love space clearing. So the Akashic Records, I just clear your house. I'd had a lot of ghost experience in Africa, so I knew about spirits being hanging around. Clear found souls, clear negative thought forms. I'm like, happy days. This is up my path. So I did loads of readings. And then I came across Amanda Ellis. Um, Not really sure how I came across Amanda Ellis, really. But Amanda Ellis is really into Metatron. And I thought, right, I'm going to, I missed a teacher. I wanted a teacher who could, because all the teachers are online and remote. They're not available. They're on a phone call. I wanted someone I could. And I thought Amanda's great. So I got her oracles and started speaking to Metatron. And Metatron said, well, I'll teach you. And I said, yeah, I don't want you. I want (laughs) a person. Yeah. So there was a bit of a going backwards and forwards. But I got an attunement and I could feel this download that ancestral healing 
So there's the Africa connection. So I'm really, that's what I want to do. You know, Long Lost Family on ITV where you connect I don't have telly. I don't have telly. Oh, you don't have a telly? No. Okay, there's a program about long lost family where a sister realizes she's got a brother because her mother was, all the children were forcibly removed. And then they connect them by DNA. And I'm sitting there crying and I'm moved. I want to do that. I want to do that. I want to do that. And then I realized with ancestral healing, I'm connecting the energy field. You know, I connect you with. Your mother had a miscarriage, and you connect with that baby. And mm. your grandfather married someone, but she died. But you don't know her family, so you connect the family field, yeah. long lost yeah. family. Yeah. Well, so I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you, Liz. I've just I've just met a sister that I didn't know I had a half sister. So I'll I'll fill you in on that story at some point. Yeah, I literally just met her a few weeks ago. But so, the chance yeah. was amazing. But the chances of meeting a yeah. long lost family member. Yeah. So I'm into putting, uh, teaching people. When I open the, do the records, I open your soul. I get access to the whole family wow. field. This is what Akashic okay. records are because I don't actually yeah, so it's, tell it's, our it's listeners actually, what is Akashic it. Akashic records is a library book, but it's a book of all your lives and all the mm. wounds and everything that's happened. But they'll mm. only give you what you're ready to hear. You're not going to mm. get the whole encyclopedia you just get okay. the big wounds that are blocking you yeah so the big wounds wounds that were blocking me were men wanting me to marry them or do what I they wanted me to do and I just hated resented authority and control so I became that controller so by right. hating control I became the yeah. controller yeah now yeah. by releasing that and accepting there is a great authority to me I'm at the service of that yes it's a complete shift. And the ancestral healing is about waking up people from – a lot of people on Earth are not from Earth. They're from other planets. But those planets can't heal them because they don't exist anymore. Wow. So people have come here with wounds, ancestral wounds, that are thousands and thousands and thousands of years old. And my job is to help them find symbols to heal that whole lineage. Because it's like a domino. If I, if you heal your angst about your ancestors, you send that love back. They send that love forward and heal the next generation. You're not passing that angst down, the stress of the work. There's four emotions, right? Pain, sadness, fear, and joy. And our ancestors felt all those. And if they're stuck with that pain, like Holocaust survivors, for instance, you need to turn those wounds into wisdom and then you send that wisdom back and you send that wisdom forward. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, absolutely. I haven't done the webinar yet, so I'm working with water people from Intaka particularly. So in my practice, I've got 250 clients and about 90 are Mintuckans, and they're the people with the water wounds, emotions, and so I'm mm. working with them. It is involved. Really, anyone can put that backpack of family. Everyone's got family issues. Of course. Who isn't a person on earth without family issues? Yeah. So, yeah, that's the Akashic Records. Right. It was the starting point, but now it's the Galacticals is where I'm going. Does that make sense? Yeah. This is fascinating, Liz. Yeah, I want to have a reading with you. So how, how can people find you? How, how can they get in touch Well, I'm with on you? TikTok. <laughs> You're on TikTok. We know that. 
<laughs> yeah, I've got a website. I'm on TikTok, and I'm available for for reading. But I also do numerology life readings. I look at the patterns with the threes and the sixes. I've done your life reading, so you're a giver. You're a big giver. Yeah. And my life and your life is about building foundations underneath us, and that's right. what we. That's our life purpose. We think it's to save the world, but it's actually to build foundations underneath us. Oh, I can you know get I mean? that. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so that's what the financial, I need a financial base, and then I can contribute. But I've contributed, and now I have no financial base. But it's kicked me up the arse to study and yeah. get an income. Because if I was rich, I wouldn't be doing all this, would I? Necessarily, I'd be having my adventures. Well, yeah, so, I, I sometimes wonder that, you know, is that are we doing this because we need to make a living or are we doing because we love it? And I think there's always a mixture, isn't there? Because if, you, if you're on that soul path, you know, then you, 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 are, you have to do what you're here to do, hey? And I always feel like I, I do, I absolutely love my work and I want to be doing it. So it's a really important thing for me. Would I do it if I wasn't, if I was, you know, a millionaire or whatever? Well, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe we'll see one day. <laughs> But it's priorities, isn't it? So yes. I realise I need to focus on me, get my yeah. grounding. get yeah. So my soul is fragmented over many lives. I was in the Black Death. I still can't smell because of the Black Death. Okay. Picking up dead bodies. And my, and my nose is not going to come back till I'm ready. So I've done a lot of healing on myself. So many layers and levels. Oh, my God. always layers, so, isn't there? Lots and lots of layers. Well, this is fascinating. Yeah. How, how have you come to read oracle cards yeah what 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 was that where did that come from i think the um akashic records is nothing to see okay <laughs> it's, it's all i with akashic records um i use this douse and i have okay, a just can't see that so that's a little amethyst oh, can't is see it? it a little it's, amethyst yeah, it's just douse. a douse yeah so i tuned in with this douse and i asked 400 500 questions when i do a record okay. with a load of protocols i have all these questions i go in okay. is this caroline have you got have you got shell have you got blocks to truth so that's okay. how i do it this is a metatron's cube here i don't know if you can see that Ooh, so that's the, an interesting the way i little, look at this what's it made of it's glass Glass. It's actually a triangle upwards Lots of and triangle downwards. Oh, yeah, triangles, points. So that's called uh, a Metatron okay. or Merkaba. It's called a Merkaba. Merkaba. And the triangle upwards is you on Earth trying to connect with spirit, but you're on Earth. And the triangle downwards is spirit connecting with you. Oh, nice. I like that. So it's the symbol of the Merkaba. Yeah. So that's how... And then I realized I, ne I needed to explain the Akashic Records. So I used the oracle cards to help explain triangles and priorities and consciousness and subconsciousness. And because people say, well, why did my mum die? Why did that man leave me? And why am I in this mess? And I said, well, it's because you're not looking, you're stuck in the mud because you think that's a way to keep going. <laughs> but it's showing you it's not. So yeah, you're resisting yeah. the universe. You've got to yeah. come out of the mud, and that's what I feel I am. I'm like a tugboat. I come along, choo-choo, choo-choo, <laughs> and I pull you out of the mud and point you in the other direction, your soul direction. So yeah. I can't really tell your soul purpose, but I can say, go that way. Right, right. So in your case, it's build your foundations, put yeah. yourself first, get, right. you know, 
my case, exactly the same. So knowing, having some knowledge and being seen as someone trustworthy to come to, in, in Africa that was easy because I've got a big network, but in England I don't. Right, you know, so right. it's, I have to start again. Um, cool. I think, it, you know, it is about, and then during lockdown I could see, oh, my God, everyone's going where I went. When my husband right. died, when my husband died, I went that. They're all going there. Let me get out. And that's when I started doing Bark and really giving everyone readings, whether they could afford it or not, do half price yeah. ones or just yeah. really help people. Yeah. So the lockdown has really made people much more conscious of the unconscious. Right. Yes. Yes. Get that. And this is available. So I've got friends in Australia now giving readings to. Yeah. People I haven't met who I work with every week. I've never met them. Right. But we're still feeling that connection. Yes. Yeah. But I, I am that. a strong mother, mother image, I think. The mother thing. You know, well, you people... were a little mama as a little girl. You know, that was your, that's what you were sculpted into, isn't it? And I think these stories are so fascinating. I and mean, I work a lot with, you know, people's, you know, the start of their life, their sacred contract, the, you know, how they come into the world, what their core wound is, and, and looking at the, the balance between the core wound and the aspiration for living. And, and there is a there's real medicine in that, but we've got to know what those wounds are, haven't we? We've got to know all of us, not just the the pretty lovely bits that we think, oh, that, that's the way I go. Actually, we've got to know what where we come from. And, and I think yeah. you're a, a beautiful example of that, how you've changed your life around and, and managed you know, to do so much and bring so much to the world through an amazing gift, which began as a little girl. And um, there's no accident, is there, in some of the ways we grow up and, and we have to learn from those and but also heal the wound that we're carrying at the same time and not fall mm. into the obsessions that that can bring us, bring us exactly. to. Exactly, exactly. And learn to say no, I'm not yes. doing that. Someone yeah, yeah. said this morning, will you do a reading tonight? No. One day off, I'm not going to yeah. do it. There Wait, you go. There you go. Fine. Great. So those are great reliefs, you know. Yes. Yeah. To being able to look after yourself and yeah. And I, the other thing about oracle cards is I've got them on my phone, but I've got them all around me. So if okay. if I want to connect to spirit, because I wanted a real person, yeah, I talk to them and they're like sentient to me. Right. And I say, oh. Should I do that or that? Sometimes I ask the Dallas yeah. whether I should do this or that. So I'm tuning in more. Yeah. So I see my head more like Q-tip, really, antenna, you know, beam me up, Scotty. <laughs> and I and I shut up and go for a walk, and then I know what I want to do. Right. I'm right. not thinking as much as I used to. I love divination. I think it's it's a really helpful art, and it's always been there in our lineage, in our historical lineage, you know, like like, People would have been throwing the stones, throwing the rocks, um, picking cards, you know, all those things that are just great teachers for us, or the bones, you know, working with bones. You know, it, it's there in our heritage and we can pull that back. And we have beautiful artists and amazing people who create these works of art and they, they're tapping into that ancient, ancient resource, hey, and, um, you know, reminding us of where we come from and our spiritual connection. So you're a beautiful example of that, Liz. Oh, thank you so much for this podcast. I think it's going to really bring a lot of joy to 
people and it's, you're so relatable you know it's, it's so relate to so much of what you say you know you feel very down to earth and grounded in what you're doing and what you're bringing so thank you so much is there any last thing you'd like to say to the listeners to help them on their journey forward I think I saw something the other day which I loved you know the light at the tunnel is always on you know if you haven't do you remember that movie the marigold hotel I remember my mum being really worried about me I said look if it's not okay it's not the end you know if it's okay, it's the end. So if you're not feeling okay, keep going yeah. and it will be okay. But yeah. you've just got to keep faith, really, Yeah, I think. Yes. Beautiful. Wise words from Liz Calvert. There'll be information beneath this uh, podcast, your website and other ways that people can get in touch with you. And I'll see you on TikTok very soon, hey? <laughs> Great. Looking Thank forward you, to it. Thank you, Liz, so much. Thank you. Bye, love. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening right to the end. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And remember, you can be in touch with myself or this speaker. My website is middleearthmedicine.com. We have a wonderful membership platform that you can join for just £5 a month. And we have lots of recordings and interesting information that we can share with you there, plus meeting online with regular groups. You can also find the details of our speaker in the box below with their links, their websites, and a little bit of information about them. Thank you for joining me and being part of this Middle Earth Medicine community. I hope you'll listen to our next show. Please follow, share, like, whatever you can do to help this community to grow. We really appreciate you. Thank you.